Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life. Encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends through insights with hope in Jesus Christ. What happened on a Greyhound bus in 1983 that led to one of the longest standing annual international Christian events in the world? How did a conference in Illinois illuminate a vision for revival in America's 50th state, where missionaries from New England first spread the gospel in the 1820s. This is the story of Dr. Dan Chun, whose worldwide ministry from Hawaii offers perspective on the body of Christ, past, present, and future. We pause to remind you the reason we have the Good Life Show is to share how the love of Jesus makes a difference in the lives of people. I'm talking about the love of Jesus so strong that he died on the cross for your sins and mine. He was buried and rose again on the third day, offering God's hope. Dr. Dan Chun is the senior pastor of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu and co-founder and president of Hawaiian Islands Ministries. He is also a trustee at Fuller Theological Seminary and earned his Doctorate of Ministry and Master of Divinity at Fuller Seminary and his Master of Arts in Cinema from the USC School of Cinematic Arts. He's married to Pam. They have three adult children. And welcome to our show. Hey, great being here, Danny. Golly, what a privilege and just admire what you have done over the decades uh, through through radio and uh, just amazing and and your books. So it's a real privilege and honor to be on the show. Well, this is the 40th anniversary of HIM, Hawaiian Islands Ministries. Congratulations to you and Pam. And what an amazing work of decades of investment in the lives of people. Hard to believe, you know. I feel like you just blinked your eyes and 40 years have passed. It's like a biblical generation. So I'm very uh, fortunate to see God's hand uh, and we get to watch what he does. Well, give us a snapshot. Just uh, take us back to the earlier days. Where did you grow up? Well, Grew up in uh, Honolulu, Hawaii. In fact, I was born at a time before Hawaii was part of the United States. Uh, I was born when it was a territory uh, because we didn't become a state until 1959. So uh, my grandfather actually was a houseboy uh, to the queen, Queen Liliokalani, our last queen, and uh, and was there when uh, the kingdom was overthrown. So we were a long-time local people, as we say here in Hawaii, uh, Kama'ina. Kama'ina. How did you become a Christian? Wow, good question. Um, it was through my sister. She uh, became a Christian through an organization 
today called Prove. Before it was called Campus Crusade for Christ. And uh, he shared the gospel with me through mail. Sorry, no emails back then. Mail, mail, and then in person. And uh, using a booklet and literature, something called the Four Spiritual Laws, which most people may not know what that means today. But uh, over that, on January 5, 1967, I accepted Christ as a young teenager. Well, young teenager, you you grew, you grew in your faith in varying degrees. What did you see at an Urbana conference and in 1976? Oh man, 1976 Urbana! I just heard some of the finest speakers in the world all congregating there. You know, like Elizabeth Elliot and um, and many others, and so it occurred to me, like, man, you know, I'm from Hawaii, and the average Christian in Hawaii can't afford to fly to the mainland to go to a conference, the registration, the hotel, the airplane, and rental car. And I thought, what if I brought to Hawaii the best speakers, Christian thought leaders? And that that could be possibly a base, a foundation, that there might be renewal or revival here in the island. And so uh, that was the dream. And uh, don't don't laugh falling off your chair, Danny, but I went back to Urbana a second time. Uh, and in 1981, I was on my honeymoon. And Urbana was the missions conference for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. And our church said, hey, we'll give uh, $500 to anybody who wants to go to Urbana. And so my fiancé and me said, hey, let's go there, you know, kind of be frugal. We said, we'll go there at the church to go to Illinois. And on the way back, we'll go to Carmel for the rest of our honeymoon uh, with a stop in Kauai previously. And so that's what we did. And so it was there. We saw that. And, uh, and then later I saw what is called the National Convocation for Religious Leaders in Palo Alto. And there I saw Catholics and Protestants coming together in all these electives. And I thought, man, if only we could do that in Hawaii. That would be amazing. So the vision, the seed of the vision was planted. Seed of the vision grew. What happened to you and Pam? You mentioned 1981, Urbana, the church sent you there. What happened to you on a Greyhound bus in 1983? <laughs> yeah, so then, 83, we're in Israel. And boy, I'd love to go back there again next year. So we're in Israel, and we're on a bus in Israel, and we're talking story with the other people and priests, pastors, Protestant pastors, Catholic priests there, just talking about this, this vision that was like nesting in us. And I said at one point, man, wouldn't it be great if someday that that could happen in Hawaii? And one of the priests said, Dan, it's not if, it's when. When will it happen? Yeah, not if it will happen. And it was almost like God spoke to Pam and me right then. It was done, done. You know, the soundtrack went up. And we thought, wow, maybe God wants us to do that. And so uh, in 83, we incorporated. And it took us two years because we were volunteers. It really had volunteers. We were at full-time staff. And two years later, we opened our first Hawaiian Islands Ministries Conference uh, at a couple churches, and about 400 people showed up. You, 
you launched the ministry and you actually wrote about it through your doctoral program at Fuller. So your 1988 dissertation project, you even had the opportunity to interview Professor J. Christie Wilson from Gordon-Conwell, who was one of the pioneers of Urbana, right? When you, when you look back at the foundation of where God took you, who you met, who you spoke to, the inspiration you received, looking back 40 years, what do you feel, Dan? Well, first of all, that's amazing. You pulled out that J. Christie Wilson thing. That's incredible. But, yeah, when you go, the amazing thing, Danny, is I look back over 40 years, how so many things are intertwined. Like at Urbana, I would see a, a man named John Scott give Bible studies and talks, and, and then he becomes one of our speakers. And to, by God's grace, some of the real kingdom builders in the last 40 years came to the islands to speak. Even Bill Bright, the founder of Crew, or Campus Faith for Christ, as was known back then, he spoke twice for HIM, one of his ministry. So I think as we look back, I know that's a broad answer, Danny, and you may have more specific ones, but it's amazing to see God's hand and the fabric of his uh, design of the the tapestry in so many people who were a part of it. And our dream was always to have a lot of thought leaders come, people to interact with them, ask questions, give smaller electives, hear bigger general sessions, have phenomenal worship, and uh, we hope people's lives would be changed. When I think back about the 1988 work that you, that you did, that dissertation work, I'm a beneficiary, one of thousands and thousands of beneficiaries of the conference, the exposure, the way vision was broadened, vision was shaped because of inspiration, hearing, seeing. Now, the design of what you've been laying out for people in the state of Hawaii and beyond, is something very intentional. One can't overlook that. Where did that intentionality and structure come from? Wow, what a great question. Where did that intentionality come from? Well, I just think it's more of a, a personality and a biblical principle that, you know, before a king goes to war, he Cost, right, and uh, and I think preparation and having a through line, hoping that what we're doing, that someday we will see, in a sense, all the boats rising in the ocean or in the lake, and all local churches will get higher. Because my belief, if there's really going to be an impact in society. If there's really going to be renewal or revival, it's not going to happen with one church or one denomination or one pastor. It's going to have to be because we're unified, we're together. You know, when we go to war, it's always with the allied forces. We come together. There are like 30 countries with us when we go in to, to, to battle. 
the Nazis or whoever in the Middle East. And it's it's the same way in the spiritual war. We have to be allies and friends. And that there's, there's so much division between churches. And today especially, uh, because of the political terrain, unity is something that God calls us to do. And there's so many verses about unity. And HIM is committed to having unity in in the body of Christ. And that it's a miracle when we see four hundred churches and forty denominations coming together. And we're probably, Danny, probably the lo- longest running uh inter denominational, non denominational uh annual gathering in one location, maybe in the country. Uh, it's it's been a long time, forty plus years, forty years. Maybe even in the world for for something like that to go on insistently, you know, we do have to talk at some point about the relevance, how you've been able to stay relevant and be on top of things. And we'll get into that in terms of how God has moved, God has inspired you, God has moved through your team, God has moved through many supporters over the years. You're, you're listening to Dr. Dan Chun. He is the co-founder and president of Hawaiian Islands Ministries. He's also the senior pastor of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. He's on the board of trustees at Fuller Theological Seminary. When we come back from our break, we'll talk about the 40th anniversary conference. In fact, they, it's called, this year, it's called Magnify. I want to know why, why Magnify? Why have they chosen that to be the the theme, the word for the year. H-I-M, him, or Hawaiian Islands Ministries, brings the body of Christ together unlike any other conference or event. Stay with us. We'll be back with more. HimOnline.org Wandering the road of desperate life Famously beneath the barren sky Leave it to me James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. Listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. HIM, or Hawaiian Islands Ministries, brings the body of Christ together, unlike any other conference or event, across cultures, traditions, generations, preferences 
preconceptions and perspectives to be the body of Christ, a family in God's grace, God's beloved. You can find out more at himonline.org. Him celebrates uh, the 40th anniversary conference uh, this year called Magnify. You can find out more at himonline.org. Co-founder and president of Hawaiian Islands Ministries, Dr. Dan Chun, joins us today. You're tuning in right now, or maybe caught the tail end of that last segment. This program is available for you at drdanny.live, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any major podcast platform. It's available for you there. Dan, why is the 40th anniversary conference called Magnify? Great question. You know, I think Pam, my wife, co-founder of Him, she plays a great deal about what is the theme our community, uh, both here locally and around the world, might need to concentrate on. And I, as I kind of spoke a little earlier, that there's been so much division in society, as well as among different churches, that we really need to magnify the Lord uh, in our lives so that it's the Lord we follow, not our political persuasions, not our belief on certain issues. It's it's really the Lord, and it's it, they'll know we are Christians by our love of the Lord. And I, I think of, um, if I may, a scripture verse, Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore God highly exalted him and gave him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that's who we need to magnify. We're also at a point, because of social media and books and things like that, that we humans, the creatures, sometimes want to be more important than the creator. In fact, I'm reading a book now called Celebrities for Jesus, about the warning of when pastors or speakers or nonprofit founders want to be so famous that they get seduced by the usual money, sex, and power. And we certainly have seen that recently with some well-known Christians who we found out had a, another side of their life. Uh, and I believe that began when they weren't magnifying Jesus, they started magnifying themselves, their books, their incredible honoraria rates uh, that we're sensitive to when we see people come to our conferences or where they want to sit in front of the plane and things like that. It's a very far cry from Jesus' foot washers, the towel wearer who washes the feet of his disciples. So this is a time. Let's magnify the Lord in our hearts, our souls, and our minds, and, and really be followers of him, not admirers of Jesus, not believers of Jesus, but followers of Jesus. And I've always said to my church staff that Jesus, the Lord, needs to get 100% of the glory of what we do. Not 80%, not 90%, not even 98%. No, all glory goes to him. Not to Pam and me as co-founders, not to me as pastor of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. But what we do, everything must be for the glory of God. And so when people look back at the 40 years, it's not, um, gee, Dan, what you and Pam have done is so awesome. No, I say, isn't it great what God has done? 
And through his grace, he's used a team, a staff, and a many volunteers and speakers to make him what he is. I read somewhere that you have over 200 volunteers from something like 60-plus churches that are involved every year with the, the conference, with the work of HIM. Four decades, Dan, who have been some of the, the speakers? I know you mentioned John Stott. You mentioned Bill Bright. Who are some of the other speakers from the U.S. or U.K. or other places over the decades? Well, the more recent ones that people might recognize is like Pete Gregg of the 24-7 prayer movement uh, and uh, Mike Lovacci of Soul Survivors Church. Uh, at this conference, we're having Francis Chan and Matt uh, Mark Sayer, who's kind of a futurist. And we've had uh, really great spiritual giants of the past, Gordon McDonald. And we've had founders like Bill Bright, like uh, James Dobson, uh, founders of great movements, uh, Tony Evans uh, and, his, and his daughter Priscilla Shira have been speakers. And so we're, we're very fortunate that we've, you know, the funny thing about HIM, is that we bring up people who people have never heard before, unknown speakers. So in a sense, we had Francis Chan before he was Francis Chan. We had Tony Campolo before he was Tony Campolo. And, and Gordon McDonald wasn't that well-known when we had him. And, and so it's, or there are people like John Scott, who was a giant uh, in Christianity. But people didn't know who he was, so we wanted to introduce these giants to our churches. So it's, um, you know, I, I have to be careful. I'm not saying those were the best of our speakers because we've had a lot of speakers over the years. I remember hearing Red, Ray Steadman in 1987 mm. there That's at right. Central Union Church. In what ways have your role, co-founder, president of HIM, but also as pastor, and then at Fuller as a trustee. How have these varying roles connected you uniquely with leaders in the body of Christ, both nationally and internationally? Well, again, I would just say it's just God's grace that I get to be in kind of this intersection or network with some of the wonderful thought leaders of Christianity. And so whether being on the board of Fuller, which gives us, which is the largest non-denominational seminary, uh, one of the largest in the country, if not one of the largest in the world, and you, you're, you're there really always trying to think about how do we pivot? How do we do 2.0? How do we make things better? And looking at trends. And as a pastor, uh, it also helps me apply it to the local church. Uh, late breaking news, though, is that come September, uh, I will be uh, resigning from my position, retiring from my position at First Press, so I can be more fully engaged in Hawaiian Islands ministries. And I feel this is a time where it's important that I give even more hours of my life to really support the local church, not only here, but all over the world. Would it be fair to say that at certain seasons in life, and in this case particularly this season in, in your life, you and Pam, that 
there's a greater degree of selectivity in the way you use your time because of how the yeah. spirit is working. Well, I think I'm, um, it's a privilege to be selective, right? Not everybody has that opportunity to be selective, but because I've been around for a while, uh, that I can, I can, in my opinion, look at the terrain and see, you know, what is really necessary at this point. And uh, first, Pres, my church will be fine with the upcoming staff and the present staff, and they're financially okay, and they're just they're on a growth curve. It's a great time to uh, let them take off uh, with a new leader, uh, with a new Joshua Caleb. But it it the church has had such a difficult time in the last three years. The, the whole pivoting, the pandemic, the mask, no mask, vaccine, no vaccine, Black Lives Matter, uh, climate change, insurrection, presidential elections. It's been a crazy last few years, and I would love to really get more involved in supporting pastors and local churches in a broader sense and make sure unity has to be there. We can't go back to the Middle Ages where you know churches were fighting each other and actually killing each other, and there's great division right now. A real heart for pastors and the local church. Dan, how would you describe the Spirit's movement? in light of broader global workings of God. Wow, the Spirit's movement, that's an awesome question. Well, the fact that you say the Spirit's movement, I, I do see, and even the latest research of Harry Newhoff and his podcast, and things, it shows that the charismatic churches in the world and in America, they're the ones that are growing. And I think there should be more attention person of the Holy Spirit, who tends to be the most anonymous person of the Trinity. And what people want, especially the younger people, they want to experience God when they come to church. They want to experience God in a Bible study. And so they don't want to just learn about him. And so I find, like if I were to say, Pastor Dad's going to teach me the Gospel of John next week, you know, maybe 20 people show up. But it's if I say, hey, I'm going to do a, a healing service and pray that God might touch all of you, and some of you might get physically healed, some emotionally, and some will just really feel the love of God in a new, uh, major way, people respond to that. It's like, what's going to happen today? What's going to, and I want to experience God. So I, I think the movement of the Holy Spirit, of course, is very important for renewal and revival and signs and wonders. All throughout the Bible is important. I mean, if you read the Gospel of Mark, the first half of the Bible, oh, I'm sorry, first half of the Gospel of Mark is just miracle after miracle after miracle. And so somehow I think we need to move more towards the sensitivity to be filled and led by the Holy Spirit. You're listening to Dr. Dan Chun. Dan is the co-founder and president of Hawaiian Islands Ministries, H-I-M. Him. And as he said, magnify, their focus is 100% on the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. God gets all the glory. You can find out more at himonline.org. Their 40th anniversary this year, the 40th anniversary conference called Magnify. When we come back from our break, more from, more from Dan. 
H-I-M. Hawaiian Islands Ministries exists to equip, unify, encourage Christian leaders across denominational, racial, cultural, and denominational differences. Dan Chun shares heart-to-heart with us. You can find out more about the ministry at himonline.org. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life They must leave beneath the barren sky Leave it to me On behalf of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny weekdays at 6 p.m. on WEZE and visiting drdanny.live for more resources. My dear friend, it is because of listeners and donors like you that we are able to spread the message of Jesus' love and bring hope to people like you, your family, and friends. Proverbs 11.25 says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Will you prayerfully consider donating to Danny Yamashiro Ministries so that we may continue to broadcast the gospel so believers will be built up and non-believers may form a relationship with Jesus Christ? Visit drdanny.live to make a financial contribution today. That's drdanny.live. And thank you again for supporting The Good Life with Dr. Danny. May God richly bless you with The Good Life. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. In 1988, Dan Chun wrote, The mark of Christ-centered change is that there is a marathon strength of a long-distance believer running for Jesus rather than a sprinter who expends great energy only to fall and stop running in a few seconds. Dan Chun joins us today to speak about leadership, to speak about the impact of the Holy Spirit worldwide through the conference and the ministry of HIM or Hawaiian Islands Ministries, their 40th anniversary being celebrated this year. You can find out more at himonline.org. Dan, speaking about marathon strength, what patterns have you observed in church leadership, let's say on a national level, victories to celebrate, warnings to heed? Well, I think the big warning is, um, I think it was Steve Ferrar's book, Finishing Strong, he would say that when uh, Howard Hendricks did a survey of pastors who had fallen from grace, had involved in adultery or some immorality, he wanted to know why. Was it not enough personal devotional time, not enough prayer, not enough Sabbath? And the one thing that he found in all of the pastors who had fallen from grace was they all believed it would never happen to me. And so it speaks for a humility that we need in our leaders. Humility to have practices and principles that protect us, that we know we could fall, and that's part of the marathon. It, it is knowing that we need a group of other uh, pastors or leaders or friends who hold us accountable, 
and that was transparent and I cannot believe it will never happen to me. And as I said earlier, we've just seen so many incredible leaders, leaders who have spoken at our conferences who have fallen and they thought what they did or the rules didn't apply to them. And they did apply to them and they they got caught and um, they were in a lot of When we think about leadership and focus in times of change, you mentioned this a bit earlier. There have been, you know, the pandemic, socioeconomic, political changes. In view of what you just said about being on guard, continuously being vigilant, how have you and Pam maintained focus? through so much change over four decades? Ah, that's a very good question. You know, I, I think we, through HIM, it has been focused. We know we want to give the best of the best um, speakers to in one conference. And we're not going to just get famous people. We're not just going to get flashy people. And we want it very practical, especially now because of, pandemic. We want it on mental health. We want it on managing change. We want to talk about forgiveness. And and I think it's that kind of focus and passion. I mean, we, you have to maybe laugh, Danny, that um, who goes on their honeymoon to hmm. an Urbana mission conference, right? <laughs> I mean, we're just you're, very focused. You're very, very focused and, and wise with money. Uh, well, hope so. And, you know, whether HIM or my church, they're both in good shape. Both have financial mm-hmm. audits annual. And so very, very important that everybody knows where every penny goes. But let me add something. Uh, you may have heard the Barna uh, survey that said 43% of pastors are thinking about resigning or retiring um, because the pandemic is and that, I believe that is a true uh, research factor and um, or research uh, data. That it, it's been very, very hard. And to most churches, their in-person attendance just dropped dramatically. Maybe it's one-third today. They had to learn about doing online. They had to learn then about live streaming. Then they had to learn about hybrid. How do you do in-person plus live streaming plus online where you can hear the teachings recorded later? That's very hard for the average pastor. Now, as you said in my bio, I, I went to University of Southern California Cinema Production uh, School of Performing Arts School. So I at least knew how to do that, and I used to be a TV news reporter. So I understood media. The average pastor didn't know what was going on. Very, very difficult. And I think my heart goes out to the pastors. They're really caught at a tough time. And I believe there's been greater whining and complaining consumerism in the local church. Uh, and it's partially out of our members feeling stressed, disoriented, you know, when schools were closing and you had to wear masks and very, very, very hard. So we're all probably not at our best right now. And it's, uh, I hope HIF can help. And that's why we have all these electives to talk about how to connect in an angry world or managing anxiety and depression in a stressful world. You know, 
challenges to our teenagers? How do we parent them better? We want to be very practical in our conflict. And it's, uh, I hope people can go to our website and consider uh, watching online if they're in another state or uh, watching locally if they're in Hawaii. We speak about change. You included a quote from Dr. David Martin Lloyd-Jones about revival. And this is a paraphrase, but how Lloyd-Jones talked about revival, one characteristic is you can't explain it. You can't explain why it happened, when it happened. And it just makes me wonder, Dan, if in, in the disheveled world that we live in right now, that the Lord may be priming, this may be priming the pump, or revival, we talk about the Asbury revival that's, uh, that's been, you know, on the news, has been on the top of many conversations. Your thoughts on revival broadly in view of unity, in view of prayer, in view of, again, the Spirit's movement, from your vantage point. Yeah, good question, and I, and I have a very specific point of view on it. In no way would I say, oh, due to HIM in our 40 years, it's because of us revival or renewal would come. And we would hope and pray for that, but we would never say it's, you know, causation or uh, and uh, because of us. But I do say this. It's very important for the churches to be discipled, to be spiritually mature, so that if renewal or revival comes, the church is prepared to receive all those new believers. So I think it was in the Welsh revival. Uh, it was one of the, the the shortest revivals of all time. It was like two or three years of uh, just went in and out. And that's because the churches were not prepared to receive all those people that came to Christ. And they came to the church wanting to know more about how do I follow Jesus? And the churches weren't ready for that. So we see our role not to be so egotistical, like we're going to cause revival, but we want to have a um, just just uh, disciple the churches, be thoughtful, see the nuances, have biblical understanding, so that if revival or renewal comes, we're ready to receive them and we're ready to disciple them, and that is so important for us. And so that's why we're doing what we're doing, and in fact. It was 2019, before the pandemic, I think it was that year, uh, Pete Grigg of the 24-7 prayer movement, he gave a prophecy that he had from his fellow pastor that renewal or revival was coming to the island. This year, I know, one of our speakers, Mark Sayer, who's also a futurist from Australia, he will be giving a talk where he believes in his heart revival is coming to Hawaii. And so I just find that interesting that we keep hearing these prophetic words. And, you know, in the Bible, things take a long time, like the intertestamental period is 400 years, right, between Old and New Testament. And 40 years is a long time. We haven't seen it yet, but we are still hoping and praying that that might break out. Well, there are, there are connections that reach from Park Street Church here in Boston. 1820s, we talk about Timothy Dwight at Yale, 
years later, Titus Cohen and Lorenzo Lyons and the Great Awakening that place there in the islands. But as as we think about that and what God is doing there and the connection to New England and the different points of impact across the United States and even globally, just the awareness, being cognizant of what the Lord is, even to have a conversation like we're having right now. You're listening to Dr. Dan Chun. Dan is the senior pastor of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu and co-founder and president of Hawaiian Islands Ministries. You can find out more at himonline.org, himonline.org. You can sign up for the conference. You can attend online, be a part of it, see what God is doing, and take part in what the Lord will do in and through your life. When we come back from our break, more from Dan. Dr. Dan Chun is the author of the book, How to Pick a Spouse, a proven practical guide to finding a lifelong partner. Again, you can find out more. Get that book at Amazon.com. Find out more about HIM, himonline.org. More heart to heart with you when we come back in our final segment as the body of Christ in Hawaii and beyond been impacted by HIM. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wondering the road of desperate life Namelessly beneath the barren sky Leave it to me This is Danny Yamashiro. Don Pick Benson wrote, When I was growing up, my dad was a farmer, not a Christian. He had little interest in faith, having been told by his father that the Bible was a fairy tale. But then a local pastor took an interest in my dad, asking if he could help plow the fields on the weekend. That one act of service spoke louder than words ever could to my dad. By his actions... The pastor made my dad feel loved, and that did more than any preaching could have. He didn't need convincing about the theological correctness of the Bible. He needed to feel God's love for him. This pastor met that need in a practical way, and that's evangelism. For more inspiration on evangelism, go to drdanny.live. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Dr. Dan Chun has been a featured guest on Focus on the Family. He was also a plenary speaker in stadiums across America for Promise Keepers. He is the co-founder and president of HIM, or Hawaiian Islands Ministries. It's a global ministry with a global impact. You can find out more at himonline.org. And the body of Christ, anytime somebody speaks with you, at some point it's going to be broad-based. The discussion is going to expand. Yes, the love of the local church. Yes, the love and care and the nurture of a local church pastor. But God has given you and Pam a heart for the body of Christ at large. Many local churches, many pastors and pastors' families. 
how has the body of Christ in Hawaii and beyond been impacted by HIM? Wow, let me think about that. Um, well, I think in one area that we, the gospel tells us to have a heart for those who are poor. And, uh, and I have a heart to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. And so HIM, um, working with Compassion International, started trips of pastors going to developing world countries to show the poverty there and then asking pastors, would you be part of a movement where we could work with Compassion International to sponsor children on a monthly basis and preach about helping the poor? And that started uh, in the early 2000s, uh, a movement in which so many children got sponsored through Hawaii churches that other than Colorado, which is the headquarters for Compassion International, that Hawaii had the most child sponsors per capita than any other state in America. And, and so it was a privilege HIM to be part of that catalyst to make their synergy between senior pastors and local churches and then children in poverty all around the world. And it helped Compassion think through that they should have a church relations department that has probably raised over a billion dollars. Well, we talked about impact and that's you spelled it out for us. Dan, when you think about Catholic and Protestants, what stirs in your heart? Well, what stirs in my heart is well, two things. One is that I mentioned uh, that Sam and I went to, or I went to uh, a conference called the National Convocation of Religious Leaders back in around 1979 or 80. And, um, and that's when I saw somebody trying to bring together Protestants and Catholics. And it, it, it showed me, and I know we differ on so many things, but there are grandparents. We, the Protestants, came out of the Catholic Church, and uh, they're Christocentric. Our theology of Jesus Christ is the same. It's different than, let's say, Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses. Catholics and the Protestants, we, we believe Christ is the Messiah, fully human, fully God, and and. And so it's important for the body of Christ to be about Protestants and Catholics. And we have Catholic speakers on our platform. And um, they have so much to offer. And they, they're, they're very um, deep thinkers in sometimes ways that we Protestants are not. We, you know, we'll come up with uh, 10 ways to have a better friendship. But they go very deep. And they talk about Augustine and... and uh, so I, I think if we're talking about the family of God, if we're talking about the church in the big C, we have to include uh, the Catholics. And I recognize there are major differences in, between Protestants and Catholics. But I have to say, you know, we Protestants thought we'd break off from the Reformation and we're going to make even a better church. But as we talked about, when I think about some of the scandals in the church and cover-ups about sexual abuse and leaders falling, in some senses, you know, we're not that, <laughs> we should not get cocky and say, oh, we're so much better. You know, we've all made mistakes. You've worked through 
relationally, even over the years, challenges that people have had, complaints, people, you've ruffled feathers for the sake of the unity in the body of Christ. Well, how beautiful and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity and harmony and love. But how have you dealt with that? Someone today might be listening and saying, man, I, I'm doing the best I can to the degree that I feel God is leading me and I'm getting shot from different angles consistently. How did you make it through? <laughs> Sometimes, Betty, you feel like you're a picadillo. You have all these uh, things stuck in your back or arrows or ears, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think it's hard because on one hand, you want to be a pastor, but on the other hand, you want to be a little pathetic. And yes, there are some things we do, like having Catholics and Protestants speaking at the conference, which is unheard of in most Protestant conference experiences. We have women. Uh, we had women up front teaching, like Beth Moore and Priscilla Shira, understanding that a lot of denominations do not approve of women pastors, uh, being senior pastors or on staff. We know that from certain denominations. And, uh, but we, and, you know, and we've tackled uh, issues as Christians to look at things like the environment or gun control or being loving towards uh, gay people. And sometimes people can think uh, that's not right. And, has changed in some of those things. And so I would say, Danny, it's the hardest thing that you, you, you want some place in the body of Christ where we can be thoughtful and talk about these things. If we don't talk about it, how are we going to mature and listen and hear each other's sides? And so in some senses, our conference, we're like Switzerland, and there has to be a neutral, safe place where youth, young adults, older adults can come together and ponder um, some of the teachings and the modeling that we have. And, and people have been so gracious that you know, normally we have thousands of people attending our conferences and we have a monthly webinar that's free. And, but it, we have to talk about these things. And even when, when the pandemic hit, that we were able to talk about mental health, depression, suicide. That's not something we normally talk about, but we want to create a safe placing. We know this is hard right now. What are some helps we can talk about? Vigorously working, continuously with the hand to the plow. What do you and Pam envision for the future of HIM? Well, we're always needing to tinker in what PM 5.0 or 4.0 will look like. And in fact, our board is having a retreat next month to discuss that. But I think we need to really look at this whole thing of uh, online and uh, live streaming. You know, last year here in Hawaii, the pandemic, there's still fears about that. And we had about a thousand people show up in person, which is much lower. Normally we have like 3,000 or something going to 5,000, 4,000. But we discovered something interesting. We
we also did it live streaming and online. And well, just live streaming, forget online viewing later. But when we looked at the analytics, we had 5,200 unique devices of people watching. And so that made it the biggest coverage we ever had. Because uh, that was like 66,000. Now, it's unique devices. Somebody could be using a phone from home and, you know, watching a laptop, so that's better too. On the other hand, some people were having watch parties and there was like 20 people in the room or it's a couple watching a laptop. Watching so we'll just go with the issue. We'll have to hard to figure it out. But that's part of the 4.0, I guess, standing for 40 years, mm-hmm. that him has to figure out. It's and. Hawaii, again, is, is strange. I visited a church yesterday. Uh, I was off yesterday, so I went to another church. I was stunned. They were all wearing masks. And and so there's still a fear out there. I'm not condemning them, by the way. But it's, you know, they did it for their own medical reasons. Funny to protect people. But um, in person, it's going to be hard. Our local church is our attendance is about a third of what it was in person. So our attendance is the same if you add online. But I, here's my here's my fear, Dan. Here's my big fear, and I'll proclaim this to the country. If people stay away from the church and just do online, the church will be hurt, and I believe the Christians will be hurt. We have to have community, and there's research in the brain that we learn best in relationship. And if they make pastors like a TED Talk, where they just fast forward on the music and just want to hear the talk, or they're eating waffles or drinking coffee during an online live streaming of the church, then I think it's really going to hurt the church because it affects their ministry that they're not there talking story, talking to people uh, in the church on a Sunday, and they bump into somebody who has a need. Maybe I could help you. But now we're being more and more isolated being online and that is not going to help Christian not going to help the church it makes it more about me 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 as opposed to me how can I help other members that I bumped in Aunt Mary golly you need a ride you know last week I gave a ride to a senior citizen because she couldn't get to the Costco to have her uh, ear exam her hearing exam and and I'm the senior pastor and I know that you think oh why don't you delegate it but there there are times I just want to be with my people and be in contact and talk to her and that traveling to Costco and then waiting for her and I'll go do some coffee and pick her up. But that, that personal contact, if we don't have that in churches, in our community, it's going to really hurt us. And I'm not talking about numbers. I'm talking about the qualitative walk of the normal Christian will be immensely hurt. And we got to get that. And this would be a perfect time to pray. Because as you speak and as you share, there's that pastoral care, that nurture, and yet there's that prophetic side too, of course, that, that, that's up for the challenge with living within the tension that we feel today. Would you pray toward the end of unity, engagement, and meeting as the Spirit has laid on your heart? Please. Sure. It would be a privilege. Lord, um, first of all, thank you so much for the good news of, of Dr. Danny and what he is uh, doing here to proclaim the gospel in real and 
practical, warm way. And Lord, as Dr. Danny has asked me, I, I pray for our church, the big team, a lot of stuff. I pray that people will seek out community to their brothers and sisters. I pray that they will be patient and wise. I pray that we will be unified. And the only way we're going to be unified is if we're with people and listen to opposing views or different views. So, Lord, I do pray, Holy Spirit, come upon all the churches in all the countries that are listening to this show. And I pray, Holy Spirit, help us be humble, unified, open to your leading. And may we be a people that truly reflects the love of you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. 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 Danchon, congratulations on 40 years. Unifying words from Dr. Danchon, himonline.org. My friend, God's timing is perfect. Look, there's no better time than right now, I believe and to share the love of Jesus with someone near you. And look, if you haven't done so, hey, this might be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus Christ. Go to drdanny.live for next steps. Find resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, major podcast platforms. Isaiah 42, verse 9, Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Dr. Dan Chun, himonline.org. Until next time, along with my producer and creative director, Brian Torres, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, guest coordinator, Jan Yi, and board operator, Joseph Valdivieso. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with The Good Life.